0: I'm thankful so much in that song we're, we're just talking about as far as that God knows specifically. Everybody listen this way just for a minute. That God knows specifically the, the, way, the way to your heart. That God knows specifically the way to your heart. Each and every one of you. He knows what, how it, is to, what it is that captivates you. What it is that grabs your attention. What is it that, that with Him, with Christ, that that just sets your attention up. What is it that what is it that how God reaches to you? See, God knows specifically how to reach out to you personally, how to reach into your life, and God does it. And it's it's different for every single one of us in this room tonight. It's different for every one of us how God reaches into our lives, how God speaks into our hearts. Some of you it's through worship. Some of you just love to worship God. Some of you just you get in the presence. You, music, bedroom, car church wherever it may be and you just love to worship god you god just speaks to you so clearly in the midst of worship he knows directly the path to your heart that line of communication the the open door the the phone call whatever it may be that point in your life god knows how to reach to you specifically and in that place i mean all of us should be in the midst of worship should be able to just fall in love and just be able to focus and pour ourselves up but some of you specifically you have that heart of worship that place of worship where you just get completely lost in God, and it's like you just connect immediately. And it's just so so vivid, so clear, so amazing, so awesome in the presence. And God's on that mountaintop. God's at that place, and He's speaking out to you. God's at that place, and He's calling out to you. He's calling to your name. He's saying, hey, here I am. I'm in the midst. Come to me right here. See me. Find me. Seek me. I'll reveal myself to you. I will show you my wonders, I will show you my glory, I will show you my promises. I will show you everything that I am, that I am truth, that I am God. I'm almighty, I'm uh, I am strength, I am power, I'm compassion, I'm all this. Seek me and I will reveal myself to you. Show it. Just come and be in that place. God knows the avenue, God knows the path that really reaches to you. That really speaks to your heart. And I think it's so amazing and so awesome how God loves us so much that it, it, specifically that he wants to speak to each and every one of us, that He has a way of speaking to speak into our lives. So just think about that. When you're in worship, when you're, you're just in prayer, you're in, in, in study, you're in devotion. You're in devotional time. Maybe it's, it's time studying God's Word. Maybe it's just time of reading or having devotion with family or, or just being alone in your room meditating or, or worship. That God's wanting to speak to you. God's wanting to give you some insight. God's wanting to give you just some direction for your life. God wants to be there. To pour out of spirit upon you, so just a little tidbit of information. Uh, something I want to do tonight. I got a video we're going to show here in just a few minutes, but something that Nita and the kids had pulled up the other day, and I, and that's something I had saw back in January. Uh, a video of a young lady that's that's very popular. That's um, kind of reached a climax in her life. Maybe you hadn't seen. Maybe it's just Nita and Sheree. It was Cherie and Lita. So, but basically a young lady that has um, just achieved, I mean, a plateau of, 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 of stardom, a plateau of a height in her life where uh, many people have recognized her, the circles of people, the friends that she's out with, the movies that she's made, the songs that she's seen, concerts she's been involved with. And she's, you would think somebody that gets to that place in their life that everything's cool. Because we get this mental picture in today's society, we get this this picture that when everybody's on that mountaintop, they're at that peak, that that plateau, that everything's cool, that everything's great. There's no problems whatsoever. I mean, they've got money, they have got fame. Uh, I mean, they're they're dating these hot guys, or they're dating their hot girls, and it's like they're you know every girl's like, oh, I wish I was her. I could be out with this person, or you know, and, and all these guys are like, man, he's so lucky he gets to date so and so, and this blah blah blah, and all this kind of stuff. And, he, and we got a picture of a young lady that, that has went to, risen to the top through singing, through, through movies, just through open doors in her life. And you would think everything's cool, and everything's fine, because on the outside it always looks that way. And we're so good in society today, we're so good at hiding so many different things, of trying to cover up, of trying to put makeup on our scars, to try to put things over our life, to try to shelter ourselves from people, to try to shelter ourselves from family. You know, when you hear this in mean, a minute, even things that her own family didn't even know that she was doing was going on in her life. And um, But it's a story that, that kind of breaks your heart in a way. You know, you, as you see this and you, and you realize and you think, and then some of you may have different opinions. You'd be like, what? I don't understand how somebody could have all this and then still be this way and still be like that and blame this or blame that or walk through this or walk through that. And there's things that all happen in our life. There's all of us things that we walk through. But if we walk through a lifestyle like she did and we try to cover it up and we don't turn to somebody, we don't turn to Christ, we don't turn to somebody that, a counselor or a pastor or a youth pastor, somebody that can speak into our lives, we end up in a state of mind as she did. We end up in a place. Because we have a society of people today that call themselves Christians. Everybody wants to call themselves Christians. We got people all over Disney Channel. They call themselves Christians. We've got people in Hollywood. They call themselves Christians. We've got singers and pop culture and, and pop music and, and and rock and all. And they call themselves Christians. They they call themselves lovers of Christ. And but the appearance of of Christ is not even evident in anything that they do. And we have so many people that say I'm a Christian. That the label and the definition of Christian Christianity has changed so much to what today tries to label Christian as being. And it's not what Christianity is meant to be. Nothing represents Christ and what how they how they live their lives, what they sing for, what they what they publicize, who they are. But tonight I wanna I just want you guys to watch this video. It's about seven, almost eight minutes long. And it's who we're talking about tonight is is some of y'all may have seen her on TV on Disney Channel. She had her own little show come out for love, Sunny with a Chance. And um, her name is Demi Lovato. And who all knows who Demi, if anybody knows, doesn't know who she is. And um, some of you be like, I ain't never heard of her. But um, just watch this video, and then we'll talk about it a little bit afterwards. So
1: They are called Lovatics, the millions of fans of teen superstar Demi Lovato. And just this week, the Camp Rock star broke the news to them that she was leaving her hit Disney Channel show, Sunny with a Chance to concentrate on her music. But even her most diehard fans haven't heard the entire story behind this tumultuous year until now. And nobody knew it was a story that really started in childhood. Here's Robin Roberts. She's the best friend a generation has grown up with. 18-year-old Demi Lovato is the pop princess with a winning smile. Even before Demi was officially performing in front of the camera, she knew how to strike a pose. I have a picture I'm going to show you.
2: Oh my God!
1: (laughs) When you look at this picture, what does it make you think?
2: That's...
1: A little girl who
2: loved performing.
1: I love you. you the little girl me. from Dallas, Texas got her television start on the iconic children's show Barney and Friends.
2: I always cry at the corner.
1: Jimmy's natural outward confidence in front of the camera could not protect her from the inner lasting effects of childhood bullying. I literally
2: didn't know why they were being so mean to me. And they would just say, well, you're fat. And then a few months later, I developed an eating disorder.
1: Throughout her childhood, Demi struggled with bulimia. Her family found professional help. But Demi was keeping a secret. She was cutting herself, intentionally self-mutilating her wrists. Do you remember
2: the first time that you cut yourself? Mm -hmm. I was 11. What did you feel from it? It was a way of expressing my own shame of myself on my own body. And there were some times where my emotions were just so built up, I didn't know what to do. The only way that I could get instant gratification was through an immediate release on myself.
1: There are a lot of people who feel, oh, you must be trying to kill yourself. Were you?
2: I don't think that I was ever trying to kill myself, but I knew that if I had ever gone too far, that
1: I wouldn't care. She began hiding her cuts with makeup and bracelets. While her inner turmoil grew, Demi's private struggles never stopped her, where she felt most at home, on stage. Finally, her breakthrough role at 15. She was cast as the female lead opposite the Jonas Brothers in Disney's Camp Rock and was instantly transformed into a teen sensation. Then, for the little girl who liked to strike a pose, one picture changed everything. In this red carpet photo, her visibly scarred wrists were exposed for the first time.
2: That picture, when it came out, terrified me. The entire world saw my innermost darkest secret that my parents
1: didn't even know. Were you even aware that they?
2: No, I had a dress there? on. When you do it, for so long you kind of just forget that it's there. And I had put makeup on it before, so I thought it was covered. That was a wake-up call, but then I just started doing it in
1: places where no one would see it. So you become a little more... Sneaky. you become sneaky. After the photo incident, Demi assured her family and friends that everything was alright.
2: Hi, I'm
1: Sunny. And focused her energy on starring in her very own show, Sunny, with a chance. I'm a hugger. Soon, the wildly successful Camp Rock sequel became the number one cable movie of the year. Her album debuted at number one on Billboard. Last summer, she headlined a sold out tour with the Jonas Brothers. Even more, she was dating teen heartthrob, Joe Jonas. Demi's six million Facebook fans followed every move. Her life appeared perfect, but Demi's inner demons raged on. Her cutting intensified.
2: My mom was terrified of walking into my room in the morning sometimes because she didn't know what she would find because it had become that
1: serious. During the tour, Her relationship with Joe Jonas ended, but the love duets they had to perform did not. Then, a turning point. Years of self-abuse could not be ignored.
2: I was performing concerts on an empty stomach. I was losing my voice from purging and I literally was so emotionally whacked out that I took it out on someone that
1: meant a lot to me. Demi physically struck one of her dancers, Alex Welch. The resulting bruises can be seen in this photo from TMZ. I take
2: 100% full responsibility. The second I kind of came out of my mania and realized what I had done,
1: I felt sick. Demi's family and management team held an intervention.
2: They sat me down and said, you can't live like this. Like, you need to get help. And that's exactly what I did.
1: She quit the tour and went to Timberline Knolls, a residential treatment center for women battling addictions. There, she would receive a shocking new diagnosis. Demi was bipolar, something she's never spoken about on camera until this interview.
2: I had no idea that I was even bipolar until I went into treatment. When I was seven years old, I started having, actually, suicidal thoughts. Looking back, I'm like, okay. that makes sense, <laughs> like I was bipolar. <laughs> I was actually manic a lot of the times that I would take on workloads, And I would say, yes, I can do this, I can do this. But then I would come crashing down and I would be more depressed than ever.
1: Now, after three months of intense therapy, a new start.
2: For the first time in my life, I started to feel. It was such a humbling experience to not just push your feelings aside and ignore them, I'm thankful now that I'm, I'm feeling, you know. I have to
1: believe in myself. Feeling and doing well. The cuts on her wrist have healed. And healing words now cover them. Her new tattoo, a mantra, <laughs> stay strong. The message
2: is for me. It says, stay strong.
1: Not and you have only, it written so you can...
2: Yes, so that it. I can see it. Yeah. So every day, no matter if I'm putting on my shoes or putting on my makeup, I see it every day to stay strong. No more hiding who I wanna be.
1: Demi Lovato is currently working on her third album for Hollywood Records, which is owned by Disney, our parent company.
0: We'll be right back. So well, some of y'all know who she is, some of y'all haven't you know, most of y'all may know seen. Some of that, but it's still the question you, you, sit there and look, and some of you, maybe even the mindset you're going right now and saying, oh, this sounds like some little spoiled brat, you know, maybe she just needs some more discipline at home, maybe she needed her tail tore up, maybe she needed this, maybe she needed that, maybe she's just making excuses, and, oh, poor little girl got bullied, somebody called her fat one time, and then she started losing. You know, and we live in a society that's where people act. That's our excuses, how we treat one another. We'll do that to each other and say, She's just making excuses. Come on, look, she wasn't, she didn't even, she did not she even chubby. Come on, nobody was saying nothing to her. Why did she take that? But we don't know what people walk through. We don't know what people are facing. And we don't understand sometimes the consequences of, of our actions, the consequences of our words and what we speak to one another. And what we go through when we have people that, that live a lifestyle that we think so many times that up here, and how could anything be wrong? How could they be walking through life and in, in dealing with issues and never getting issues resolved first and foremost in their life. Starting at the age of 11, 12, starting to cut herself and, and being bulimic and, and not eating because she was so concerned with everybody else. She was so focused on what everybody else thought, so focused on what everybody else was saying. And then on top of that, she began to hide herself and try to find a release of her own through, through mutilation, through cutting, through so many different avenues of a release of pain, a release that she even said on her own. You know, But where in the midst of that did, did she herself look beyond herself or did she look beyond family? Where did, where did she ever at any point try to realize there's somebody that's greater, there's a the power that's out there that can come into her life that could rescue her, that could heal her, that could change her life forever? Nowhere in, in do we hear in interviews of this, of, of hearing the peace of God coming into the life or her finding Christ in the midst of this or her turning to God that somebody could really radically change your life. And, you know, yes, there's, there's great people that can come in and she can go in and she can have therapy and she can have counseling and she can tattoo her wrist up and she can do all these things. But i have been to tell you what, if she does not find out the one true person who pierced his life completely for us, all those tattoos are meaningless. Everything that she's done is meaningless. All that will fade away unless she finds Christ. She can be on every kind of medication for her bipolar that's out there. She can be on it for manic. She can be on it for depression. She can take two different drugs. And yes, I'm not making. I don't even dare. So I'm not making fun of, of people that are bipolar because it is a chemical imbalance. There's things in your mind. There's things that you some people can't help to control. And there's issues. But we we look at if we want to look at this from a, a point of seeing. People, to how they rise to different things and areas in their life and how they deal with stuff. How they handle situations in their life. People that we think so much. and Even, I pulled up a lot of things today. She's even called herself you know, a strong Christian and talking about her values and talking about different things. But we hear nothing of that. Even uh, through all her interviews, through the process of this, she, no, nothing talks about God and peace and understanding of Christ. And right now, her, even her own mothers went into therapy. She's In rehab, I don't know what she's been dealing with. And we see a family lineage of things happening in their life because they don't deal with the issues. But yet, let me tell you, there's teenagers today that are walking around in the same situation that she is. Walking through the same avenues. Trying to find the same release through cutting. Trying to find the same release through eating disorders. Trying to find the same release of acceptance. Trying to find people that, that have said things to them... And they take them literally, they take these these insults that people may say to them, and, and it speaks something into life because, you know what, they've walked their whole life and haven't had somebody speak something positive and haven't had somebody come in and speak love into their life. And they take things that somebody may say and they run with it. And that becomes who they think they're supposed to be. And they're trying to please everybody. They're trying to please everybody. We looked throughout the process. She she left. She got tricked in for uh, for treatment. Uh, after three months later, she checked out. She said, basically, in, in a 17 interview, in 17 magazine, um, she said, basically, I had a nervous breakdown. She said, I was really bad off. My parents and my manager pulled me aside and said, you need to get some help. It was an intervention. An intervention. An intervention. Boy, that's that's the big thing today. It's all over stinking TV. We're having an intervention. we got to have an <laughs> Nina told me one of their stupid there got to be like the stupidest mindset of directors and and, and, and people today and, and that are coming out with the stupidest shows for everything, for every ignorant thing that can possibly be out there. She said there is a show now called Intervention for for rednecks. Redneck Redneck Intervention. Somebody made a TV show called Redneck Intervention and basically what it is. My big family redneck intervention. And it's not what you're thinking. It's actually all the rednecks are having an intervention to bring somebody that left the redneck culture for them to come back and become a redneck again. It's not what you're thinking. It's not normal people going to the rednecks and saying, we need to have an intervention. It's, I don't know. But they said she turned it. it was the stupidest thing. They, a, no more, a girl who had left and found, had, had, a, had a great future, had a great job down in Miami, and she was working at this job, had her own place. She had money. She, I mean, she was doing great. This family tricks her to come in back, and they pull her in back home somehow. They get her there. They're trying to have an intervention to bring her back to be a redneck because she is messed up by going out and getting a job and working hard and making money and having a life. How stupid is that? But that's a side note from Demi and her intervention. Intervention is, is so thrown so throw, throw around so many times today. We need to have intervention. We need to have this. We need to have intervention. We need to get, pull people in and tell them where they're at. Have an intervention. Well, anything that's not an intervention of Christ in their life is not going to be successful. They can, they can hide things for a while. They can learn to maybe walk away from certain things, and it may help for a period of time. But an intervention without Christ, without God intervening, not Him being the one that intervenes into your life, they've got to be willing to come to that place and say, I need to know that there's somebody out there that can change my life. Not somebody that can help me with psychobabical and and medications to change my future. But I know there's somebody that can speak into my life, somebody I can give my life to. Because as a Christian, supposable Christian, you would think that would be the, the number one point that she would realize in her life is that Christ is the only person that can come in and heal her situation. There's no glory to God. There's no mention of Christ anywhere whatsoever. And like I say, people throw around the terminology being a Christian because maybe she sang the song there. Wow, she sang a Christian song one time. So that must make her a Christian. You know, we hear these we hear these pop pop singers and people today they say, man, they, they put out a... They put out a Christian a Christmas album and they're singing about Jesus He's in the manger and, and all this stuff. They gotta be Christians. They know the love of God. Look at listen to the song. They're making money. They don't give a rip. You think Elvis cared when he made all his songs about Christmas time? Do you think Mariah Carey actually cares about Christmas time when she's singing? She don't. She's about making money. It's a, a way to make money off of people. She's talented. These people are very talented in what they do. I'm not saying you can't, you're not, shouldn't listen to them. You'll still listen to it. But understand, don't put the label on them as all of a sudden, oh, they found the peace of God in their life because they put out a Christmas album and they sang a few little Christian songs or talked about Jesus oh, in a way, this and that. That does not change who they are just because they sing about it. There has to be something inside of your life that brings an evident change. When Christ comes in, there's an evident change in your life. She's went through a lot of different things, talking about there's, there's tons of pressure out there to meet impossible standards. She says the, uh, in the PSA, to look right, to be smart, be thin, talented, and popular. And many of us feel like we have to be everything to everyone. But it doesn't have to be that way. Girls or guys who feel that pressure need to find an outlet to express themselves. She says painting, singing, dancing, running, you name it, whatever, an outlet. And I'd have to agree with her on some of these things right there because we, so many times we focus and we find ourselves being in a place that's just alone. We think we can seclude ourselves with all of our problems. If we don't open up to people, if we don't open to our family, we don't share with somebody that we're accountable to. We don't have a place in our life that we can go or a person that we can go speak to. And if we don't have a relationship with Christ... We're going to see depression begin to seep in. We're going to see thoughts of suicide begin to come in. We're going to see the enemy begin to attack us more and more and more because we have no guard, we have no shield, we have no armor because we don't even have Christ in our life. If we're not going to Him first, we're just opening the doors wide open for Satan to come in and attack and to bring every thought, to bring everything against you and for you to believe every single lie that's out there. And for you to try to please everybody and you to try to do this and you to try to do that. And here's what has happened in, in her life and it's happening in, in your friends' lives and teenagers' lives all across this world. It's happening every single day. Every day people are in this situation. Guys and girls are in these situations where they're finding themselves not drawing strength from nothing but of themselves. And then it ultimately is going to lead to failure because they're, they're not going to find strength in themselves. They're just leaving themselves vulnerable, vulnerable for the enemy. But she said, you need an outlet to express themselves. Don't find yourself just sitting around doing nothing. Occupy your time. Do things to be involved wherever you can be. Talk to people. Have relationships with people that you're confident that you can be accountable to. She said, if you're going through the dark period, go to your family. Go to your closest friends. She told 17, she says, don't put yourself in danger. It's very crucial that you get your feelings out, but don't ever inflict harm on your own body because your body is so sacred. I wish I could tell you, I wish I could tell every young girl with an eating disorder or who has harmed herself in any way that she's worthy of life and that her life has meaning. You can overcome it and get through anything. You know, I, I just wish in the, in the process of that that she would even realize that some of the same words that she's saying, powerful words. Those are amazing things that, she, that she's had to go through and realize, that she's had to figure out in life. But for her to sit there and to say that, and to realize that, yes, everybody does have something worth living. Everybody does have a purpose, meaning for their life. And no, it's not that you can overcome Anything that's where the failure comes in. That's, that's, that's the Nike mentality. Just do it. You can do it. You can do it your own way. The strength is in yourself. Songs of today. Man, I'm telling you, it sounds good. You know, if you listen to a lot of, a lot of things, a lot of factors today, it's everything finding your inner peace, finding your inner strength, finding your will, finding your way, knowing that you can do it. I think there's a little scripture that even says something opposite of that. It's through who that you can do all things? Is it through us? Is it, does it say in scripture, Taylor can do all things through Taylor who gives her own self strength. Be strong. You can do it, girl. You got it in yourself. All by you, your lonesome, your power, your might, your strength. You go for it. You can do it. That sounds positive. You got it. Woo! And, there, and, that, sounds, and, that, and that sounds great. That's the that's coaching right there. You're in the locker room. You guys can do it. You know, and you got that boy you pour it on, and it sounds good. There's nothing wrong with the motivation, You're trying to look for your strength and your power. But to live by the standards of that of those words will lead you completely away from the one that that needs to lead you and guide and direct you says, you can't overcome and get through anything. And I'd have to greatly disagree. There are some things that you may find the strength and the desire to get through. There's some things that you think you may be strong enough, but you can't live your life like that all the time. You have to understand it's through the strength of Christ. It's through Christ that gives us strength. It's through Christ that gives us the power. It's through the Holy Spirit that leads us, that guides us, directs us. Understand that, that you're not going to deal with things in your life and get rid of it by yourself. You have to have Christ come into your life. According to a poll by Seventeen Magazine, about 73% of teen girls and young women feel a pressure to be perfect. The thing is, if you ever felt that you had to be, as Demi says, everything to everyone, do people tell you that you have to be this way, or does that pressure come from from inside yourself? So many times, those are questions that you need to look at yourself, and not just not just girls, but guys. You feel like so sometimes in your life, you feel like you have to be everything to everybody. Do you feel like you're out there trying to please people? Do you think even here's a question to talk amongst yourself: Is do you think guys feel the same pressures that girls do? If not, do they deal with different sorts of pressure? What might they be? She says that she paints when she's feeling overwhelmed with pressure. What do you do to relieve stress? Do you exercise? Do you sing? Do you hang out with friends? Do you, do you worship? Do you praise? Do you pray? What do you do in the midst of time when you're trying to leave, relieve stress in your life? What are the areas in your life that you do? What is that's your relief about? What is your relief about? She says, many girls deal with that pressure in pretty harmful ways. Many can develop eating disorders or struggle with depression. It says, according to that uh, 17 poll, 15% of teens have cut themselves or hurt themselves on purpose. It says, do you know of anyone who's dealing with stuff like that? Do you know where he or she could go for help? Do you know what to speak in life? Do you know how and what areas of direction to to give them? If not, it says, talk with your leaders. Talk with the youth pastors. Talk with those in in your life. It's obviously great that Demi has got some good help for her issues, even as she acknowledged that she's not out of the woods yet, but do you think it was scary for her to talk about this stuff publicly? Do you think it was hard for her to come to that, to that platform, the things that she hid so much in life? Do you think it was hard for her to step to that place and reveal this is who she was? Because she had that facade, I think it was. I think it was hard, because I think it might have been embarrassing to her. They may have found her somewhere, because so many times people in that place don't want to find themselves to be weak. They want to say, you know what, I've got it all together. Look, for what look what I've accomplished. Look at the fame. Look at the fortune. Look at the, the money. Look at what I have. Look at what I've achieved. Look at what I've accomplished. And so many people in that lifestyle, so many people that do achieve to the, to the, to the level that, of those, those uh, places in their life, so many of them say that. Look at what I've done. Look at where I am at. Look at what I have achieved. Look at what I have. Look at, look at me. And some people bring it on themselves because you got to understand to go to the place where she's at. She's got how many did she say she was following her? Six million on Facebook. Six million to recognize when you put yourself to that level that people are watching you, people are following you, people are hanging on every word that you speak. There's young ladies out there. There's guys that were that were passionate about who she was and almost as a deity so to say she they were a place of which is a place that so many people get to That's like you don't want to be but here she's having teenage young teenage girls and guys worshiping her basically following everything dressing like her the trends of her want to be like her want to sing like her do everything like she and you know all this stuff that she had got to a place they wanted they want to be like that so You have to realize when she got to that place, she had a lot of responsibility. A lot of responsibility that maybe she wasn't ready for. A lot of that that she didn't want to be involved in. A lot of places that she shouldn't have been, especially at the age of 17, 18 years old. So many times we have people and family and friends that are trying to push us into a place that we're not ready for mentally, that we can't handle the pressures when they come of what to do when all of a sudden all this boom hits because we think we want it. We think, oh, I could handle it. I could do better than she did. I could handle all that. But you don't know what she's walked through. You don't know where she's been. You don't know the things and the things of her past and the so many things that she brought along with her. So what does the Bible say? 1 Samuel sixteen seven it says, The Lord does not look at things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord, he looks at the heart. Also, it says in Luke 12, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Also, Philippians 4:6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. All goes back to who you draw your strength from. All goes back to the place. I'm not saying that there's not Christian young ladies and Christian young men that are walking through depression, walking through things. Let me tell you, there's adults that are uh, Christian adults and, and pastors and, and people in, in, in prominent positions that walk through and deal with things every day of their life. They face obstacles and they face trials because there's so many things that are on top of them. They face so many pressures. They put so much upon their back as, the, as a pastor to take a, a church forward and and go further than before they take all the pressures on it as them themselves so many times and you say well they're not supposed to do that well it's hard not to be a human and and not to take the responsibilities on where god has placed you and want to see things happen and when things don't happen you feel like a failure you feel like it maybe it's your fault maybe you're not doing enough maybe you've not prayed enough maybe you maybe you ought to leave and let somebody else all these things happen they're going and the enemy is constantly attacking constantly attacking so there's people dealing with a lot of these issues all the time in their life. Let me tell you, it's by the grace of God that they're able to, to go forward. It's because of God's grace. It's because of God's love. It's because of Christ. It's because of Christ. So what do we do in the midst of all these things? There's people facing so many different things in their life. So many people are, are going to the place of, of trying to find a release in their life. Right now, I know some of you could probably even think, and you may even know some people that have put themselves in this place of, of, of cutting and a release, or people that are being bullied. And I tell you what, today is a big thing. You hear it a lot. You hear it a lot. I, I don't know why it's gotten so rampant and I guess so outspoken today. The, the phrase bullying. Um, <laughs> I have mixed emotions on that. Sometimes I think people just need to suck it up. Because sometimes they take things too literally sometimes. And sometimes people take it way too far. Sometimes people take it way too far. And you say, well, you're just a guy. That's what, no, it's not. I understand what bullying is, but I understand somebody just picks and says, "And oh, you got a big pimple on your face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, I'm going to go kill myself. He said I have a pimple. What? He's bullying me. I'm going to the principal. You're doing What? They made fun of my pimple. That's bullying. No, it's not. You got a pimple. Everybody gets pimple. Your teenager got acne. Shut up. Suck it up. Sit down. I mean, let's get real for a moment. Can we get real? Because that's ridiculous that sometimes we want to pick. Now, somebody going in and pushing you around, somebody picking on you, somebody taking you to bed, somebody bullying. I think bullying physically. And there's bullying, I think, verbally, too, to an extent. Bullying is threatening. Bullying is taking to a place beyond what, should it, what it should go. But today's standards, we've got so, so many things that are out of control in society that we can't say anything or do anything because parents are teaching their kids, if somebody says anything about your pimple today, you let mom and daddy know because I will come up there to the school and I will turn them in. They would not be bullying my baby. Hey, don't make fun of your big zit. Pop it. Put some makeup on a joker. I mean, you don't walk around a big giant whitehead that. I mean, get rid of that. I don't. You know, but, man, nobody's got a pimple. I don't, I'm just using that as an illustration. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sometimes, let me just say this. Sometimes people bring it on themselves. Let me just say, if you leave the house,
1: <laughs>
0: let me just say this. If you can look in the mirror at yourself and go, man, <laughs> I don't care. I'm going all out. You know. Sometimes you get laugh at things. Sometimes it's because some people sometimes they ask for it themselves. And I'm not saying it's not real. I'm not saying it's not hurtful. And we can say that. I mean, people say things to me and they make fun of me and You know, most of us just take it with a grain of salt. No big deal. And there's some things you're like, what? You're like, and it depends on who says it. Do what? I did. Really? I did. Oh, I did. not I just went like this and I was done. So.
1: I don't think your hair can do that. Yes, it
0: can. <laughs> so let me just, let me, let me, let's, let me get back to this right quick. Because we talk about things, we talk about bullying. And it's, listen, this can be actually a, a Wednesday night round robin type discussion on some some Wednesday night. We can just sit down and discuss some of these topics, talk about bullying. We can talk about anger. We can talk about cutting. We can talk about some of these elements. And how it makes you feel, and what you think, because sometimes you guys don't even realize that maybe you're the one that's on the other end of it that's bullying somebody else, and you think you're just being funny, you think you're being comical, kind of smart. Like sometimes you think, "Oh, I'm just joking." Sometimes it's hurtful because you never know that person. That maybe the thing that the one little thing they've getting made fun of their whole life, and all of a sudden somebody jokes with them about it, and it's like that's constantly in their back of their mind. But we've got to find a, a common ground. We've got to find a place here somewhere. Where's the line of what people keep saying, you know, you hear it all the time. And we hear it in society today that let me let me just let me just say this. What's gonna what's gonna happen, and if you guys will just pay attention and watch, eventually, the way of the comic standing in a, in, a, in a room is gonna be is gonna go away. A comedian standing up, because what does a comedian usually do? Make fun of people. Either make fun of themselves, their, his family, how he was raised, or they make fun of another person, or they make fun of somebody else's lifestyle. Now, we have comedians just saw this week basically having to apologize. Comedian says he went too far making fun of gay people. But they were offended, which is fine. They, that's, I'm going to go too far. But I'm telling you, listen, because it's gotten to the point where people doing comedians, they're themselves are Jew, they like to make... If they're themselves or that type of person, they find it okay to make fun of that, that area. Especially if they're a Jew, they'll make fun of a lot of Jews. But they'll make fun of a lot of Christians too. Now, black comedians, they'll get up a lot of times, they make fun of all kinds of black things. They'll say black gestures, they'll do a lot of different things. They go way overboard, but they make fun of Christians, they make fun of white people, they make fun of other things. And all of a sudden, but if somebody else in some other level, yeah. listen, shh, I'm listening. Yeah. Listen, shh, listen. Somebody that's maybe not a Jew, they get up and make fun of Jews, guess what? It becomes offensive. Somebody that's in the audience, they're a Jew, they get mad. Because you know what? You're not a Jew. You don't have a right to that. A, a, somebody, a Latino gets up and makes fun of a, a black person. You can't do that because you're not black. You're not allowed to do that. But I, as a black guy, can make fun of a Latino. Well, Latino, can make fun of your own self. Your Mexican makes fun of your own self all you want. But it's gotten to a place where everything's blurred across the line, where everybody's getting offended to a point of people making jokes. We have a, a whole community of people and commercials where the phrase, and I say it a lot, and I probably won't ever change. So, I, I, that may be, maybe I ought to or not, but maybe you guys shouldn't take this phrase and start using it either. But you guys have probably heard me say it a lot of times. Something that's like, man, that's just so stupid. What do I say? Man, that's gay. Man, that's gay. And I'll say that. Man, that's gay. And I don't mean it as that, so it's a homosexual thing. I just say, that's gay. That's stupid. If for some reason, we've gotten gay is being stupid, because being gay is stupid. So, um, if you're gay, you're just going to hell. So, no way around it. I'm being played out on If you're gay, you're going to hell. Strictly straight point. If you're an adulterer, you're going to Listen, You're an adulterer, you're going to hell. You're a drunkard, you're going to hell. How can you say that, Pastor Eric? How could you be so judgmental? I'm not. The Bible plainly out says it. Those that are drunkard, those that are homosexuality, those that are adulterers, all these things will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. So what else do you get to inherit if you are this type of person? Hell, plain and simple. Scripture doesn't take and twist it and say, well, God God does love everybody. But that doesn't mean that you're saved just because God loves you you have to come to salvation through Christ, and then your lifestyle has to change. You can't become a Christian and then live a lifestyle as a, homosexuality, a homosexual. It doesn't work. It doesn't, doesn't go together. It doesn't fit. It doesn't happen. Reality is, you live these certain lifestyles as an adulterer, homosexual, a drunkard, all these different things, you inherit hell. Plain and simple. Scripture tells you. Look it up, but all these things are going to lead to a place. That so many times, there's going to be a downfall of what's offensive. A commercial we saw, I've not seen several times, with uh, Wanda Sykes, black lesbian comedian. Boy, she'll make fun of Christians. She'll make fun of all kinds of people, but make a commercial because student two people are sitting there in a booth, and he and he goes basically what I say, man, that's gay. Well, she jumps up because she's offended. Let me tell you what, why is there not a commercial that we see where people keep constantly taking the name of God in vain? Why is there not a commercial where somebody's sitting at a table and they're like, man, God. Why don't somebody jump up as a Christian and say, hey, 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 doofus, a hey, stupid, don't use my, God, my, name, my God's name in vain. Don't be doing that. Why? Because we as Christians would offend somebody else because we got offended by somebody saying, God. Understand the underlying element here. Anything as a Christian, you're going to be offended. Get over it. You have nothing to say. Nobody wants to hear it. It's easy. The, the, the society that constantly is no problem with offending the, the Christian traditions or offensive to a, tradition, a, a, a Christian or fi- offensive to your God, offensive whatsoever. But as soon as you step over the bonds and and say something else that offends somebody else, that's wrong. So there's just a line of things that are happening. Today, basically, the Christian society is being bullied into sitting sitting down and being silent and keeping their mouth shut. And I tell you what, that's a generation of young people who we need to say, you know what, I'm not going to sit down. I'm not going to be bullied. I'm not going to back down because I know who my God is. And I know who I am in Christ. M. Um, when I would say,
2: Oh my gosh,
0: your God One of the
1: things
0: that still take the words in the face and set the
1: word one to G Is that really is that Uh. I was <laughs> like,
0: Oh my gosh It's <laughs> like don't say that the words I mean No I'm, Um, I well be obedient to your mom and if she says don't say it, don't say it. Uh that's the best way I the best that's the best way I'll say it. Uh, is if your parents say don't say stuff like that, be obedient and don't say it. Whatever factor she says, but um, Gosh is not God. So it, it kind of like, and it's the and it's in the manner. I think a lot of times it's in the manner in which you take the Lord's name and way you say it. You know, uh, a lot of us. I think there's a blurred line that so many times that we can find out what can be so offensive, and sometimes it's not offensive. I think if we get caught in the legalistic legalism views of where are you taking God's name, and how are you doing this? And you know, where's where's the the, the lying factor at? Or, or all of a sudden, have you sinned? Or you're, you know, because you've got excited and said, "Oh my Jesus!" Um, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a place in your life that you got to find a place of line of, of conviction. Uh, and I think it's just a good thing to practice not saying it, and then just say it when it is a thing of praise. Um, that's just not one thing to try to practice. Uh, all of us are bad about. You know, if you watch any kind of shows, you watch any kind of, any any shows I've seen, I see a lot of people, the first thing they say, kind of like uh, ABC's, uh, the, what's the, they build the houses, I think what it is. Stream up over, what's the first thing they go, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my, you know, they're just like going on and all of a sudden, and you, if you sit there and watch it, you're like, okay, that's enough. You know, okay. That, to me, that kind of gets to a point where it's not of an excitement about thank you God. It's not a praise to God. It's almost, it's just a, it becomes another word. It becomes another word, um, and, and I think it also has to go to a place. Uh, you know, are you offensive to to God? Not just throwing out the name as any other God. You know, you want to be offensive? Say, oh my Buddha, oh my Buddha, uh, or something like that. So, um, offend their God, but uh, don't offend our God. So, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Don't say that. I'm just kidding. Don't say Buddha. Uh, so. Um, no, I was kidding. I was joking around. Kidding, kidding. I think it's just—I think it's just a phase, you know, to, just to be protective. I think it's just a phase. To, in anything we say, in anything we do, in our speech, um, you know, it's an adaptation of changing the way we talk. And if it is—and and put it this way—if it's offensive to somebody else, it's, if, it, if it's offensive to somebody else as a Christian, if it's offensive to them. As a Christian, sometimes we have to look at it and say, "Is that what we ought to be saying around people, or are we to be saying in private?" Um, and and if we, especially, if we say it in the midst of anger. You know, we say it in the midst. I think those are places where you got to be careful that you're taking, you are literally taking His name in vain. So, um, you know, it's just it's a caution. You don't have to put, you don't have to put the, you know, the D A M after it, in to make it taking God's name. Some people think, well, if we tie the cuss word, if I just say God and don't put the cuss word at the end of it, then I'm not taking his name in, name in vain. No. It's literally taking his name out of context, which is a name of praise, a name of worship, a name of honor, a name of respect. And God is, is that. And so is how do we show that name respect? Because it, it, it's even at the very name of Jesus, demons flee. So in that name, there is great power. There is great responsibility. There's great amazing things that happens at the name of Jesus there's power in that name. So if we flippantly throw it out there for everything, it becomes powerless because we no longer look at the name as powerful and we don't respect that name. So it's a thing that we have to realize and look at, do we respect the name of Jesus? Do we respect God's name? Do we take it for what it is as power is amazing at that name when we speak the name of Jesus that everything must flee that there's a, there's a calm, there's there's peace, there's healing, there's salvation in Jesus. So those are just some things to think about. You know, it's just things that you may start catching yourself on what you're saying, and maybe it's things that we point out to one another. You know what? Hold each other accountable. You're somebody saying, "Oh man, oh good God, hey, hey, hey," you know? And don't be so, and don't be such a baby, and don't be such a baby that you can't take it. You know what I'm saying? Don't be such a, a, a whiner that somebody says, "Hey, don't say that." Don't tell me, me. Okay. Get all defensive and you know like that. So. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's holy. Sometimes it's runny. Sometimes it's thick. So, um, uh, <laughs> we could go way too far with all the names. I don't know. So let's pray. <laughs> let's pray and then we well, then, yeah, yeah, I just don't watch it. So, well, that's wrong. Anyway, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray so we can, we can be dismissed and, uh well, Father, we thank you tonight that God that you're such an amazing God that you're an awesome and loving and caring God and God, we thank you that we have a place to, to to ask questions a place to come for worship and lord we we pray tonight even as we were were revealed to the fact that there's people that are dealing with so many issues in their life today God that young people even in this room there's friends they know that are walking through serious situations in their life, things that they may think are hidden, things themselves. That, that, that they think they're hiding things from people in their own life. And Father, we do pray for Demi Lovato tonight, Lord and uh, God, that she would be revealed to your grace and to revealed to you the fact that you're the only one that can come in and intervene in the midst of her life. You're the only one that can change the situation that, where she's been. And God, we pray that, that you would reveal to her that somebody would come into her life that would bring a revelation, that would reveal to her that, that, that she needs to get off the carousel. It's going to be a circling effect. We pray that this would stop that she would find you, Lord, and find true peace within you. And, God, we also pray for for this ministry tonight, And students are not right here tonight, those that are walking through situations. God, we pray for Cameron tonight, Lord, and protection upon him as he uh, goes into the service, Father, that you would just watch over and protect him, all of our servicemen. God, all those men and women, God, those in the Marines and, and the Army and the Navy, God, we have family there, there are even young people here today, They're, they have brothers that are uh, in the services, and we pray that you be with them. And just touch them, God, that you protect every one of our service uh, people, God, and all that they do and all that they give as a sacrifice, uh, God, for this country. And, God, we know it's a great country. We think that it's founded upon your word. And, and God, uh, we pray that you would reveal yourself to uh, this nation once again, that they would understand, God, basic principles of why we're here. And, Father, we thank you tonight, and we thank you, Lord God, that you are God and that there is power in you and in your name.